0: So you're a man of the people. I appreciate that. Now I'm going to get down to brass tacks. So when we talked about, um, you know, obviously I, had, I reached out to you before the trade deadline, but you were in a lake. In a lake, yeah. by a lake. I don't know what you were doing. All of the above. All of the above. So uh, there's a lot of sort of things to kick through in regards to that. But one of the things I always remember, John, and this sort of morphs with the Chicago-Boston thing, is when you were traded to oakland and how like that opened your eyes to the world um and you you came to understand how awesome chicago was i i you know i think that you like chicago a lot correct yes okay courtney you're welcome thank you i i needed to hear that i needed the reassurance but 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 if you don't go to oakland you, probably, you might never know how awesome Chicago is because because we're going through the whole thing now with these guys about, you know, Xander just wants to stay there. You know, this is all he knows. And so is that true? It, and we've talked a little bit about it before, but is is this going somewhere and realizing, hey, the world isn't flat, is that a real thing?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, especially a guy like, Xander and Devers, I mean, they're they're homegrown guys. They've been there since, you know, I, I call it growing up in the organization, right? Like you you were kind of brought along as a kid to a man to now you're these guys are superstars there in, in New England. So and, and when you don't know anything other than the pressure of being in Boston, you know, when you it's just it's just kind of natural. You don't know anything else like you don't. When I got to Oakland, man, it was like I had three reporters there. You yeah. know, and that was the that was the introductory press conference with me and Johnny sitting there. And there's three people, you know, Cheers. so it's like you kind of go, whoa, where, you know, where am I? You know, and, and then going out, I think the other part is going out to the West Coast and seeing the other side of baseball because it really is different. You know, you, you've got East Coast baseball, which everybody watches. And then, you know, really anybody from Chicago over doesn't really stay up and watch West Coast baseball unless they're yep. from there. Yep. Um, you know so by the time you get home from the games there's no MLB games on there's you've got the seventh running of quick pitch you know already by the time you get back <laughs> so it, it's it's just a different world so I think that really opened my eyes to things and and you know I had conversations with with Ian Happ um, you know I I pay attention to, to, to my buddies and, and see where they're at and uh, you know I got a text when when Harrison Bader got traded and Talk to him a little bit, you know, he's only known St. Louis and no. and Ian's only known the Cubs. And, um, you know, these guys have invested their lives and, and money and their their time into these communities. And, you know, you almost feel like, for lack of a better term, you get kind of stabbed in the back when they let you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that's where people get lost sometimes and fans get lost with, you know, with athletes in general is, you know, we're people, we have hearts, we have brains, you know, and we invest everything we have into these cities. You know, some of us yep. have foundations, some of us do things behind the scenes in those cities that, um, you know, really mean something to us. So when when these things happen, you know, it's a gut punch. Um, but to answer your question, yes. I mean, when, you, when you're able to go to another city and another community and make a home and realize that baseball is baseball. Um, you know, it makes, it made my decision. It didn't make it any easier, but I think it helped me realize that, you know, the, the grass can be greener on the other side. Um, and if you don't know that you're always going to stick on your side of the yard, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's yeah. always yeah. you're always going to lean towards, like in my, in my instance, I always lean towards Boston. Anytime I would talk about Chicago or, um, San Francisco or whoever, like I'd always come back. Well, Boston has this, you know, or, or Boston is this, or I know these people there. I know the spring training facility. I, you know, so it was always coming back to comfort. Um, cause at the end of the day, man, we all like comfort, right? Like right. we, all, well, we all know it.
0: I think so the, the obvious question is, and I can't remember if I've asked you this before, but if you don't get traded sim- in the simplest way to phrase it, if you don't get traded to Oakland, you ride out the year. In your mind, we don't know what the future. We don't know. It's a hypothetical. In your mind, are you a bo- member of the Boston Red Sox the rest of the way? Um, I, I mean, I, I would
1: I would think so. And, I, and, and here's the reason why I would think so. I would think that other, especially like a guy like Theo, those guys would think that I'm not leaving Chicago. I mean, I'm not leaving Boston. So they're not really going to put the full court press on you. You know, like, does that make sense? Like, yeah, yep. I feel like when I got traded, it kind of sent out a signal like I'm not coming back to Boston in, in the in the baseball world. Um, I think if you stay there and you stay out, you stay till you get to free agency. It like I like I was saying earlier, it becomes harder to leave that comfort. You, you know what I mean? So sure. I think I think other teams aren't going to put that full court and everybody knew I wanted to stay right? Like I made that vocal. I made yeah. that very clear. And I think that if I would have finished out that year, I don't think the, the, the offers and the, uh, the amount of offers and the amount of interest would have been there as me going to Oakland. So, I, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I can't go back and say I would have ended up staying because, you know, Chicago still could have come in and sure. done what they did or another team done with, you know, what Chicago did. Um but I think if you if you end up staying out that whole year, it does it still becomes hard to a little bit harder to leave.
0: But I think, you know, and John, I was thinking about this with Xander's situation. Obviously, like Rafi's up after next year, so it's a little different. Like a guy like JD Martinez and Nathan Avaldi, they've been to other places. But Xander hasn't been to other places. And this is yeah. when they say we're not trading you, we're saying I'm thinking I, I immediately thought of your situation. Same sort of deal. And everyone's yeah. different. I get it. But still, I mean, we, we, we take the evidence that we're presented from history, right? Correct. But that's yeah. a bumper sticker. Well, and I think, I think, <laughs> I think at the end of the day too,
1: you know, a guy like, like Bogey and a guy like Devers who, who have made some money um, at, at the end of the day, man, like when it comes down to when you want to stay somewhere, it's not always about the bottom dollar. You know what I mean? Like, you treat you treat these guys fairly. You treat them with respect. You handle the situation correctly. They're going to end up taking less money. You're you know the business side will prevail. They, the business side yes. will win if you treat people like a person, not just the number on his back. Sure. And you know I think that gets lost. And I'm not I'm not singling out Boston. We're just talking about these guys because that's everywhere in in the game. Sure. Um, but if you if you treat if you treat the guys like human beings and that they have a heart and that they want to be there they're not gonna always you know there's some there's always the like we just talking about the guys that complain about the you know the free beers there's always going to be somebody that wants the bottom dollar and that's fine that's your prerogative but the other majority i think is like hey man listen you treat me fairly you do this respectfully I'll, get, I'll I'll. I'll come your way. You come my way. So Give I respect. Get deals. respect. I mean, exactly. all that is and, and,
0: and honestly, and honestly, like you know, and we all know your situation with the four and seventy and everything else like that, and how that made everything difficult. Um, but the you know with Xander, it's 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 tricky. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's tricky because right now, it doesn't feel like like they'll say we want Xander forever, but still, okay. Well, show us a little bit more. And yeah. Yeah. But I see, mean, that's the business
1: side of it, man. And that's the hard part because you can't, the hard part about baseball and really any, any sport is you can't be upfront with anything because uh, now everybody's got their angles on it. Oh yes. You know what I mean? somebody has yes. got something to say about something yes. and they're going to dissect it and they're going to bad mouth bogey or they're going to badmouth the front office or they're going to do whatever. You know what I mean? So like, that's the hard part. That was one of the hardest parts about my situation is being quiet about it. Yeah you know, because, yeah, because, because you don't, like, I still play for these people. You don't want to badmouth them or or put them in bad light. And I don't want them to do the same to me. So, you know, like, like, like my big thing was when we turned down the deal in spring training, I mean, $70 million is a lot of money. Like, let's, let's, let's talk about that. Like, we're talking about the percentage of people that are going to have negative things to say, like there's going to be somebody that comes out and says, well, he's greedy. He turned down 70 million. You know what I mean? So there's always a way to spin this to either make somebody like one side or the other look bad. So that's why both sides walk egg- on eggshells so much. And they don't give you anything because it's, it's nobody wants to be in bad light.
0: Well, right. And, so and it becomes John,
1: very difficult.
0: Yeah. And John, like, you know, I, from my perspective, having gone through that from, from my perspective with you um you know i i knew that yeah yeah 70 million dollars is a lot of money i get that but also it was well below market value everybody knew that everybody knew the tax they were taking yeah, I mean, that's um, not but the point. but and you're but your agent to, to and everyone's like well where's the counter where's the, well here's the thing you have to find a middle ground and and if 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 you go high too high then they leak <laughs> it then everyone says that you're greedy this is exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Well, John I mean, John, you, it could it could always be worse. You could be Juan Soto, right? I was just I mean, about to say Juan Soto, Aaron Judge. They, you they could you could be them.
1: like I said, like I said, everybody everybody's got their own prerogative and their own position. Right. And you know, I, I said the same thing. I, I love I love Juan. Um we all you know, the do few months. Yeah, the few months I was there was very very impressed by this kid and and his work ethic and the way he goes about his game and the way he goes about his business and you know I saw I saw him turn down the deal and you know kind of the same thing as a fan you're sitting there going holy you know what like damn dude and then you know you get to kind of break it down and you're talking about market value and AVs and all this other stuff and you're like okay well I see that side of it as well you know so it's the whole thing, man, is you got you got to stay even keeled with everything. And I mean, four hundred million dollars is four hundred million dollars. I mean, that's no matter how you look at it. Lot <laughs> well, beer. I Correct.
0: Mean, that's that's a lot guess, of beer. That's a lot that's of beer his, right
1: there. Yeah, I mean, that's his decision. At the end of the day, I mean, he's got to he's got to live with it one way or the other. And and you know, I think you know the Nats obviously aren't in a good place yeah, as far as being right. competitive. Which you know, I know. I know Rizzo, Mike Rizzo over there, he's going to turn that around in a hurry. Um, and it's a great organization, a great place to play. But I think, you know, I think it gives Juan now an opportunity to go play and, and succeed this year and next year and, and kind of see what happens. Hey,
0: so, John, so along the lines of the, the, you know, we, listen, when you retired, we did a lot of stories. We, we reflected a lot, just like we're doing now. But... The, we keep coming back to what happened, like how you basically, it was a chain of events after you left. We know this. And, and we're reminded of this again today. Chris Sale breaks his wrist falling off a bike. And, and so, did you
1: hear about this? No, I didn't.
0: Oh, yeah. So, he's out for the year. He fell off a bike and broke his wrist. So, um, but we always say like, well, if, you know, because they made the decision they made with you, it sent this chain of events where they were chasing their tail all the way up until, by the way, when I talked to Chris Sale this spring training, I said, did you realize when the ownership sat down in that year that they gave him the extension 2019 and said, we screwed up the John Lester negotiations, did you realize that that was basically opening the door to giving you your contract? And Chris Sale, John said, yes, right then and there, I knew it. And I actually tried finding John Lester later in the year to go thank him. He said that to me. So, so do you, I know that you, 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 you you know, you hear this stuff, but do you understand this? Like looking back at it, like the, the chain of events that sent them down?
1: yeah but i mean you can do that with anybody you know i mean you could do that when pedro left when Derek lowe left when you know shill and all these other guys i mean it's it's the same same for every organization and and um you know i I, like i like i've always i've always taken the stance like the red sox had had a job to do the ownership has a job to do and that job is to put the best players out there that they feel are, are the best for their team for that year and You know, I had to learn that unfortunately not a very fun way. But you know, and then I went through it again with the Cubs. You know, like you 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 have to try to figure out a way. And it was easier the second time than it was doing it with the Red Sox, obviously, because drafted and coming up with them and, and having good times and all that stuff. But going into to that whole conversation, like you have to separate your mind from your heart. And it's a very, very hard thing to do. And like I said, the second time I was able to do that a little bit more or a little bit easier uh, with the Cubs. And I was able to separate that and go, Hey, okay, Jed, I get it. I get what you're doing. You, you have to move on. I know I didn't pitch well, you know, yada, yada. I got to go find another job. Cool. Uh, we're, We're good. Did it hurt? Yeah. But you have to separate that mind from your heart. And like I said, man, I understood. And Huh. they they had a business to run they got to, they got to go get the next guy that they feel is going to be the best for their for their team and and they did that